Parashas Shlach tells us the story of the Miragdim. And I want to venture a statement which you might find surprising. But I think that if you look carefully at the Parsha, you'll see that what the Miragdim said about what they saw wasn't wrong. Let's think together. The Miragdim were given the job. They were told to go ahead of the Jewish people to Israel and to prepare a strategy of how they're going to fight. You're going to see if they have open cities or walled cities. You're going to see what's the best route to attack them. You're going to see how powerful they are. And you're going to be the advanced, so to speak, unit who's going to afterwards advise us what's the best way to go to battle. And the Miraglim go to Eretz Yisrael. And the Miraglim find that the people of Eretz Yisrael are giants. And the Miraglim feel that in comparison to these giants, they're like grasshoppers. And they say this themselves. We felt like we were minuscule. We were insects compared to enormous people. And the strength of the giants was incomparable. What weapon is there in Klai Yisrael's arsenal to find the gi- fight the giants? What strategy are they going to have? You're going to plan an attack. How are you going to start? And if that's the case, when the Maragim come, ba- come back and they said that the people of the land are enormous, they're stronger than us, we don't have an answer for how to fight them. What did they say wrong? What did they say wrong? They saw the Matthias. They felt they had no option to suggest of how we're going to fight against the people of Israel. And that's what they came back and they said. And if that's the case, where do we draw the point, the specific Nukuda, of the, of the mistake of the Miragli? But to answer this, I first want to explore together with you a very interesting Pasuk. The Pasuk is telling us why Eretz Yisrael is special. Why Eretz Yisrael is different to other places. And if you look what the Pasuk says carefully, then we left thinking, why is this something complementary about Eretz Yisrael? And let's look at the Pasuk. The Pasuk is in Devarim in Pashas Akev. And the Pasuk says the following. The Pasuk says that you should know that the land that you're going to, Eretz Yisrael, is not like Eretz Mitzrayim, which you came out of. There's a difference between Eretz Yisrael, where you're traveling towards, and Eretz Mitzrayim you're coming from. Because in Eretz Mitzrayim, you had the Nile River. There was a steady and a constant supply of water. And all you had to do, if you wanted to irrigate your fields, if you wanted to water your plants, all you need to do is walk to the river, fill up your buckets, and you can pour as much water as you want to into your fields. Mitzrayim was not lacking for water. There was a plentiful and constant water supply. But the Torah contrasts that to Eretz Yisrael. That the land that you're going to, it's an Eretz home of course. It's a land of mountains. It's a hilly terrain. There are no natural reserves of water. There are no big lakes or many rivers in Eretz Israel. 
And therefore, you're going to rely on the rain for your water supply. Eretz Mitzrayim has abundant water supply. Eretz Israel doesn't. But it's dependent on the rainfall. And if that's the case, if it doesn't rain, there's not going to be water. And the first question which comes to mind is why is this something which is considered complementary about Eretz Yisrael? The fact in Eretz Yisrael we don't have water. We lack in such a basic resource. Why is that considered a mile of Eretz Yisrael? But let's continue. When the Torah brings this Pasuk, this Torah, the Torah brings this Pasuk as the introduction to the Parsha of Hayim Shemaya. Introduction to the Pasuk, which warns us, if or promises us, that if we keep the Torah, Hashem will bless us, and if not, we'll get, then there will be punishment. And yet, the Parsha of Hayim Shemaya is very different to the many other times that the Torah tells us about reward and punishment. Because in every other case, when the Torah talks about punishment, the Torah threatens that Hashem is going to send new punishments on us. Whether it's illness, whether it's famine, whether it's enemies, whether it's uh, tremendous terrorists, such as people eating each other, which we don't think of in a normal context. But the Oedish of the Torah is some new kind of punishment. Whereas if you look in Bohem Shemaya, the Torah doesn't threaten new punishments. The introduction was, Eretz Yisrael doesn't have a natural water supply. In Eretz Yisrael, you need to rely on the rain. And therefore, if you're going to listen to Hashem, you're going to follow the commands Hashem gives you, then the result will be, Hashem will send you rain. And if you're not going to listen to the commandments of Hashem, you're going to turn aside and worship other gods, and Hashem will get angry. Then Hashem will stop the rain. There won't be rain. What's the difference? What's the difference between being threatening us with punishments or threatening us that we're lacking a basic resource? And if we don't listen to Hashem, we won't get that. So the Bala Musa explained that this is the difference between what we call Yeras Oinesh, which is fear of being punished, and what we call Yeras Atlus. Yeras Atlus means the fear of Hashem which comes from the knowledge that we reliant on Him. It's not like if we do something wrong, that in some future date we'll have to suffer punishment. It's right now we're reliant on Him for even the most basic necessities, for even the most basic requirements to live. And if we're not going to obey Hashem, we're not going to have those basic necessities. And that's the difference. In Mitzrayim, to punish the Mitzrayim needed new and different punishments. It needed frogs and locusts and hailstones. But in Eretz Yisrael, Hashem doesn't have to go there. It's not that we need to be punished with some new and unheard of punishments. It's to live in Eretz Yisrael requires reliance on Hashem. To live in its needs the rainfall. And therefore, what obligates us, 
where we feel compelled to serve Hashem is because without that we don't have the basic requirements that are necessary. What we call Yerusatlus. But let's explore this also a bit deeper. Because there's a lesson to be learned from it. Why is it like that? So let's give a marshal. If you imagine a king of a very large and far-flung empire. There are provinces which are all different places, they're distant islands, they're all under his control. Any responsible king would draw up a budget for what's necessary, so to speak, to administrate his empire. The requirements that he has to invest in each place, the expenses which are needed in each, in each distant locale, and therefore any king would have to draw up some kind of a plan of what the budget for each of these areas is and ensure that they get sent the money. And if it's going to take a long time for the money to reach these distant places, so it's going to have to be prepared up front. And we'll have to send them the money in advance. And therefore the responsible king who wants to manage the finances of his empire well, he'll have to budget for each place, wherever it may be, and ensure that it has the resources, the funds that it needs. But even a king who's organized like that, there's still going to be one area where he's not drawing up a budget in advance. There's still going to be one area where he's not planning ahead how to send the, the funds or the resources that it needs. And that is in his own palace. In his own palace. And the reason for that is obvious. It's because the king is here. And therefore, if there's a need, he'll take care of it. He doesn't have to budget for that in advance. He doesn't have to send it ahead. He's here, and when he sees that there's something which is needed to be done, he'll do it. And the Nimshah is that, like we know, HaKadosh Baruch divides the world into the zones of 70 nations, of 70 Sarim in Shemaim. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu provides for each sire what its nation, what its country is going to need. That's apportioned up front. And the Pazlik says, That's been apportioned and that's been separated and that's been budgeted for. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch has already decided on the sources of Parnassah or the resources he's giving to each country, to each place. It's true, if he wants to punish that place, he'll have to send punishment. But the basic requirements, that's already been, so to speak, decided and apportioned up front. But Eretz Israel is different. Eretz Israel is different, like the Apostle says, the same parish in the parish of has one more point. It describes Eretz Israel as being the Eretz, Asha'ene Hashem Elekechobah, the land where Hashem's eyes are focused on from the beginning of the year until the end of the year. In everywhere else in the world, there's a din of the beginning of the year. It's called Rosh Hashanah. And the din of the beginning of the year is what that place is going to be given. What that place is going to have until the end of the year. That's the one time, so to speak, Hashem decides what's going to be in that place. And then its stipend has been set. Its allocation has been made. And it now has what it needs for the course of that year. Whereas Eretz Yisrael, again, is not like that. It's a place where Eina Hashem HaLekei Chobah. Mereish Hashanah V'Alach Hashanah. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is there. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu is looking at it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is present. And if that's the case, one doesn't need an allocation in advance. It's like up front, Hashem has to decide how much is giving her to Israel for the course of the year. Because He's right here. And if there's a need that people in Eretz Yisrael have, Hashem's present to provide it. And this is the oymek of Yeres Atlus. Yeres Atlus, reliance on Hashem, comes with the feeling, and that is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with me. The reliance comes from the fact that my basic necessities, the most minimal requirements, I need HaKadosh Baruch Hu to provide. But in the context of, I need Him to provide it for me, because He's here with me. And when I need it, that's when I need Him to provide it. And therefore, living on the level of Tlus means Hashem doesn't need to allocate things far in advance. Living on the level of Tlus means a person doesn't need reserves or account up front for the whole year. That's living with allocations. That's living like in the kind in the Mitzrayim. Where the river's been given in advance. When a person's living with Hashem, then the understanding is when you need something, ask for it. Hashem is here. And if you need it, and now you ask for it, Hashem will give it to you now. He doesn't have to provide it up front. That's what it means to live with Hashem. And we were trained for this. This was the training of the Midbar. Hashem provided us for us in the Midbar. No one was hungry. And at the same time, no one ever had extra food. Every night, the Jewish people went to bed without food. Every morning they woke up to a generous portion of money. And the point of that was to teach us this lesson of Tlus. And that is, you can rely on Hashem. When He's with you, He'll give you what you need when you need it. Hashem was with us in the Midbar. He doesn't have to provide days ahead. He doesn't have to provide at the beginning of the week for the whole week or at the beginning of the month for the whole month. He has to provide right when the person needs it. Not before that. And therefore Hashem said, I'll give you food. You'll never be hungry in the midbar. But you'll get the food when you need the food. It will fall every day. And that's going to teach us close. What it means to live with Hashem is it means to live with the concept of reliance. That Hashem is here, and when I need something, that's when He's going to give it to me. I don't need to be provided up front. That was Dan Hagen in the Midbar. That was Dan Hagen in Eretz Yisrael too. Not regarding the food, but regarding the water. You don't need to have reservoirs of water. You don't need big lakes. Or dams. When you need it, Hashem will send rain. Get used to living with that kind of life. I don't have to have a financial plan up front or funds set aside for expenses which I'm going to have in the future. That's the mahalach of Chutlaret. That's the mahalach of an allocation which Hashem gives up front. When you're living with HaKadosh Baruch or in Eretz Yisrael or in the Midbar or any other place you're living with Hashem, then you're relying on Hashem to give you when you need it. The workers in the palace aren't stockpiling food. When they need the food, the food will be there. I'll tell you a story. I was quite close to him, and I was once sitting with him, and a couple, a young couple came in, he must have known somewhat, and they said to him, we've come to say goodbye. Goodbye, where are you going? They're traveling, they're returning to America. And he asked them, why are you going back to America? You went to happen there to Israel? 
And they said, no, no, very happy marriage in Israel. So why are you going back to America? So they said, well, when they got married, so their parents came to an agreement that they would provide them for support for five years. And the five years are coming to an end in a month or two's time. So they don't see how they're going to have a parnosa in Israel after those five years finish. So they decided they're going to go back two or three months before to America so they can have a few months support to set themselves up somewhere else. And there's an answer to them. I learned a lot from him. Listen to what he said. And Gamil's answer to them was, tell me something. He said, you're not even prepared to give Hashem one day to give you a parnasa? You're not even going to give Hashem a chance? Because what's the person expecting? That right now, I want to have money up front for the next year. I want to have a guaranteed income for the next five years to stay in Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael doesn't work like that. Eretz Yisrael works with the nearest at Luz. It's a place where It's a place where Hashem is watching the whole time. And when you need something, you'll get it. But not years in advance. Not that it's been allocated ahead of time when you need it. And therefore, for a person to give up in Eretz Yisrael because they can't see in the future how they're going to make something work. They can't predict the heads how Hashem is going to help them. That's missing the point of Eretz Yisrael. In Eretz Yisrael, Hashem doesn't need to plan ahead. When you need, that's when you'll get. There's no rain in Eretz There's no water in Eretz Yisrael. You need the rain. It comes to inculcate that lesson. The lesson of what it means to listen Hashem. And now Rabbi said, with this un- beautiful understanding, let's go back and understand the miracles. What was their mistake? But I'm going to present it to you in maybe an original way. Let's look back a few years. Moshe comes to the Jews in Egypt. And Moshe says to Yidin Mitzrayim, Yidin Mitzrayim have been sent by Hashem to redeem you from Egypt. We're going to leave Egypt, we're going to march and free men into the desert. Now imagine Klaishah would have turned around to Moshe and said, Moshe, we want to send spies to the desert. We want to see what conditions in the desert are going to be like. So let's choose a group of missionaries, let's send them to the Midbar to scout out ahead of time what it's going to be to move the Jewish people to the Midbar. You're talking about a population of a few million people. So let's, let's look ahead to see how this is going to work out. And I'll, let's imagine together that these spies would go and check out the Midbar. And what's the report they would come back to Klai Yisrael with? They would come back to Klai Yisrael and they would say, well, there's no water in this midbar. There's no food. There are lots of snakes and scorpions. It's a dangerous place. And Klaishal would think, so why in the world are we taking the entire Jewish people, men, women, and children, into such an inhospitable place? And they would definitely tell Moshe, Moshe, we're not going along with this idea. It doesn't make sense. It's impossible. There's no way you're going to be able to bring the Jewish people into the midbar. And what did happen in the Midbar? What happened was, when they needed water, so Hashem said, no problem, water will come from the rock. And when you need food, no problem, there'll be food from Shemaim. And you need protection? Sure, Anani are covered. The Shekhinah will come down with, with clouds which will surround the Jewish camp and protect them. And that's what really happened. That's how Klai Yisrael survived 40 years in the Midbar. But tell me something. 
Can you imagine if any spy which would have gone ahead of time to scout out the Midbar as a potential place for the Jews to go to would have thought of that? Would anybody have imagined Mon or the Be'er or the Anani Yaakovit? Of course not. Of course not. So it's a good thing those spies didn't go. They would have just served to discourage Klai Yisrael. And the same thing over here. The spies go to Eretz Yisrael. And the spies look to see, is this something which the Jewish people can, can conquer? Is this an enemy that we have a way to overcome? And they look at it and they think, no, these are giants. We can't fight giants. Well, what actually happened? Klai Yisrael get to Yericho and they blow shofars and the walls fall down. Klai Yisrael are chasing the enemy and HaKadosh Baruch Hu keeps the sun still for 24 hours to give them more time to win. Klai Yisrael are being attacked by five different countries and Hashem rails, hail, rains hailstones on them from the Shemaim to destroy the enemy. Could any of these things have been predicted? Of course not. And that's exactly the point. The mistake the Miragli made was, why are you trying to look to see if there's a plan in advance? Why do you think that the war against Israel has to be fought by natural means? Why are you basing your decision on something which is up to what Klai Israel can do? Was the Midbar something Klai Israel could do? Was the way we came out of Mitzrayim something Klai Israel could do? If we have Hashem in the Midbar, and Hashem took care of us in a way no one would have imagined, and Hashem is coming with us there at Israel, we have to be worried about how we're going to win this battle. We have to have a strategy up front of what we're going to do. We can't rely on Hashem. That when it becomes Lemaise, He'll find a solution. That was a time of the miracle. Not that what they saw wasn't right. It was. Of course physically we're not going to overcome the Goyim. Of course physically they're stronger than us. Of course in comparison we like grasshoppers to giants. But so what? Why do you think that's the way we're going to go to war? When we get there to Israel, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will find the way for us to win. And if you look at the Pasuk, this is exactly the point. Exactly the point that Hashem finds fault with the Miraglim. When Hashem tells Moshe what he's upset about the Miraglim, he doesn't say about these people who spoke Lashon Ara, about these people who discouraged Klai Yisrael. He says something else. Listen to the words of the Pasuk. For how long are these people going to anger me? For how long are they not going to believe in me? Says Hashem, haven't they seen that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Bekir boy, Hashem's in their midst? Haven't they seen that Hashem's done miracles for them? Which they would never have imagined. The way he decided to take them out of Mitzrayim. The way he took them through the sea. The way he looks after them in the Midbar. Haven't they seen that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's being there means that when something's necessary, Hashem will take care of it? In a way which is completely unpredictable. Just like they could never have predicted how they would have come out of Yamsuf. So why don't they see the same thing in Eretz Yisrael? Hashem is going with you. And if that's the case, there's going to be a situation which you can't think of a solution. It doesn't need to be provided up front. It doesn't have to be something that you can already rationalize now. If Hashem is going with you, that when it's necessary, He's going to take care of it. That's plus. That's plus. Reliance is that I'm with Hashem. And therefore I'm relying on Him. Because when the situation arises, that's when He needs to deal with it. Not before that. 
That's what the Maragdim are missing. To try and see in advance, before Klaishel has even crossed into Israel, how are we going to win in a battle in the future? That was a mistake, Meikara. That was a mistake from the beginning. Of course, there's no plan up front. And had the Maccabim said to a military analyst, you check for us, what's our chance of winning a war against the Greeks? Five men against a well-armed, well-practiced army with war elephants and armor. Any military analyst would have told them, your chance is less than zero. But that didn't make a difference. Because when HaKadosh Baruch is going with somebody, so when the Yeshua is necessary, that's when Hashem provides it. That's what the Meraglim are missing. Al-Ana la yaminubi. They hadn't internalized the message of Tlus. That when we're working with Hashem, when Hashem is with us, then we're relying on Him to save us, but only when the salvation is necessary. It doesn't have to be provided up front. Tomorrow's man will come tomorrow. The Yeshua will come when the Yeshua is necessary. Because the King is right here. And therefore, when the need arises, that's when the Yeshua arises too. That is what Kalev understood. He took it to once, took us to Israel, he took us through the sea, he took us through the midbar. And those things worked because when the Yeshua was necessary, the Yeshua came. And therefore saying, Hashem Imanu, Hashem is with us. And when the Yeshua is necessary, then the Yeshua will come. Even today in Israel, to some extent we're still living that life. It's still the place of, Eina Yashem Meresh is the son of Arachus it's still a place where HaKadosh Baruch Hu is focused on the whole year long. And therefore we don't have to rely on an upfront, so to speak, solution to a problem. An allocation before is necessary. We're living with Anhoga of Tlus. And that is when something is necessary, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu provides. That's why the Gemara says that by comparison, a person who lives in Israel is Someone living in Israel is living with Hashem. He's living with Hashem and he sees this Bechosh. And that is that when you need something, the king is here, you're living in his palace. And when you need it, that's when you'll get it.